Unplugged. I'm DeQuell Jackson, and joining me today is my good friend and former teammate, Joe Hayden. He's a 12-year NFL veteran, three-time pro bowler and all-pro, and he just recently retired from the NFL. So, Joe, thank you for doing this, bro. Good to see you. Man, great to see you too, bro. Can't wait to catch up. Yeah, absolutely. So, you got to ask me, bro, because you've been retired, what, maybe a month or two, maybe? Mm -hmm. How has retirement been for you so far? Man, honestly, Quell, I didn't know how much time and uh, we had in the day for real. Yeah, for real. You know, just going from a schedule every single day, legitimately making sure you take care of your body, you know what I'm saying? Your family's dependent on basically what your schedule is, what around football, around, around practice, around games, around traveling, around just basically everything. And then just waking up to not having to do anything that you don't want to do, not having to do nothing at all if you don't want to, you know what I'm saying? And, and now right. I've got two little kids, kindergarten, one at uh, preschool, and it's like, get to drop them off at school, and then me and my lady, you know what I'm saying, she don't have a job, so me and her, we doing brunches, we gonna get anything. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's crazy, we has got so much time to really like spend with each other, bond, and uh, it's just been, been really, really cool to, to just do, do what I want to do, bro. Like it sounds crazy, but like they say, you got an off season, but during the off season, you know, we're still locked in. We're trying to train, right. just stay focused on, you know what I'm saying? Like everything I do is predicated on being the best football player I could be. You know what I'm saying? So I was just kind of like, dang, like, it's really a relief. You know, uh, the first mm -hmm. week I was watching the games, it kind of was like, you know what I'm saying? You looking at it, you know, yeah, I wasn't doing, too, I wasn't cheering. I wasn't saying too much. I was just sitting there kind of watching. And then, like, but now I'm sitting there rooting my boys all like, oh, come on, we got to have that. You know what I'm saying? Hey, yo, that, that's big because I remember the first year when I decided I couldn't play, I wasn't going to play, I couldn't watch it. Like, the first year I was like, man, I, I can't watch it. It took me a year to really come back and start watching it. And then when I would watch it, Joe, I didn't want to watch it in front of wifey. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't want her to get this. It was weird for me, man. It was, it was weird because I didn't want to, at the time, how it happened for me was I wanted to still play, but it didn't happen when I wanted to come in. So it didn't happen during that early, late August situation. Mm -hmm. And I had to come to grips with, you know what? I didn't want to play for league minimum. If I was going to play anywhere, I was going to decide to go play at a contender. Mm -hmm. Like it was a lot of different. And then I, listen, you know, at that point, I'll be honest, I was checking the bank account. I'm like, listen, for what they're going to pay me and for what tax is going to come out for me to move the family, do all that and this, that and the other, it just didn't make sense for me. So let me ask you that. When did you know, Joe, it was, did you have a moment? Did you have a, when did you know, you know what, I'm done. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and commit to it, being retired. I say, Quill, man, you, you hit it on the head, kind of like a lot of the things you were saying about moving my family. Um, bank account was straight, you know what I'm saying? I did a solid, solid 12, you know what I'm saying? And I wanted to, I had to point like when, and when I'm not the top corner out there, when I'm not that number one corner, I'm not trying to move to safety. I'm not trying to, you know what I'm saying? And then like you said too, they talking about minimum to $2 million after taxes, I'm making a meal. That's really not moving. That's not changing my lifestyle in any way, not trying to make money or nothing, but like. No, we speaking, yeah, we speaking back me right you know what i'm saying so it got to by the time it was like year eight you know your body starts acting a little different feeling a little different it's harder to wake up you know what i'm saying and not in a way like 
every year there's them new rookies running through the wall for the low. Like, yeah, they really, that's the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? And then it got to the point year uh, 9, 10, 11. Like, man, I'm balling, doing good. So, you know, over over five, six million, you know what I'm saying? I might go one more, one more to two more years. Right. And right. Season, I'm like, all right, now they're going to just wait until like somebody get hurt during the training camp uh, before OTAs that are like getting into that. Okay, now it's week one. Let me let me get close to like, all right, let me see. But as soon as it started getting really close to the season, I knew like nobody gonna jump from one and a half million to six million dollars. So <laughs> like, right, so do you want to just go to a contender play for the men, or like you know, then this moving the family? I, I was really going Buffalo, move the family to Buffalo for one and a half. I'm like this, God, I'm really trying to move Buffalo for one. You know what I'm saying? We got to that point about kids going to school, moving the fam. Is it really? is it really worth it right now? You know what I'm saying? So I kind of just came to peace with it. Like, man, it's been an amazing career. Um, I just, I, I, I don't. You earn that right. You I earn that right to, to step away because yeah. you put in work, Joe. Like I, you know, I told you this story before. I don't know if you remember, but I remember when I went to Indy, I was telling Vontae, Vontae, that's my guy. Love mm -hmm. Vontae. That's my guy. It's like a little brother to me. And I was telling, I was like, man, Joe, Joe, you know, Joe, that deal, bro. Like Joe, my, my my favorite corner, bro. And he went out and had and, and backed it up with a season you had in Cleveland. We'll get to that at some point. But uh, but uh, I, I get it, man. People don't understand. People say, "Oh, man, that's a lot of money." You, I, I would move. I would do. When you're in the thick of it, people don't understand just how difficult it is to play the game at a high level. How to prepare at a high level. Uh, treat your body right. Food. You know, uh, prehab. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, then you have to consider moving your family. Like you got two boys, you got a wife. You get, so respect to you, bro, and, and, and so much. So I should have did this at the beginning, but I got a little shot ready. I know, I know it's early in the West Coast, but I'm gonna take a little shot man, for you. You know, I, yeah, I, for your time. I can get one out here to me. <laughs> so respect to your career, bro. Um, so let's let speaking of family, you come from a big family. You got five brothers. Uh, was it Jordan, uh, uh, Jacob, Jacob, Jonathan, Jonathan? Yeah. So let's speak on that for a little bit. You know, how was it like growing up? And first of all, let me let me say this for anyone who doesn't know Joe's family, his mother and father do not look like they have five grown ass kids. <laughs> let me tell you that his father, if me and him were standing next to each other, they would think his father played in the league and not me right now. But how? what was it like, bro? Growing up in the household, you're being the oldest of five boys. I know that had to be uh, a lot of craziness going on. So if you could talk talk on that a little bit. It was the one thing I love, man, my my mom and dad. My dad, like you said, bro, he was a professional bodybuilder and he ran track. Uh, my mom was a cheerleader. So they we come from athletes. And uh, I started playing football when I was seven years old. Me and my brother, I, I'm, I'm 33 right now. And my youngest brother is 26. So it is or it's seven years between between all of the boys so when we were young i'm telling you, my my youngest my, my brother right under me we're the same age for 10 days we're not even a full year apart we're irish wow. so just us being that close it was so much competitiveness that we had like just the like we we're putting football pads on first day we get pads me and my little Backyard running smack at each other. <laughs> right, right. Who better? Who's better? You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. It was it was friendly competition. 
And the thing was crazy, bro. I mean, I mean, uh, Quills, ever since we was kids, we were always the best players on the team. So it was the one thing my dad always kept was like, try your best. He didn't ask us for touchdowns, didn't like critique us or none of that stuff. He just always gave us, made sure we gave our best effort. You know what I'm saying? So I think right. growing up, he made it a lot easier on us to play because it was no pressure. You know what I'm saying? It was be a kid, you know what I'm saying? Get good grades, be a good kid, be respectful, look a man in his eyes. You know what I'm saying? And try your best. So is that what I, I guess that's where that competitive edge came from. Cause I remember you were probably one of the other than Stefan Diggs, you and him are the most competitive dudes I've ever been around. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about just games, like practice that year you had in Cleveland when, I mean, I, I, bro, it was amazing to see the type of things you were doing in practice. No one caught a ball on you in practice. And it, it just, when it came to the game, it was just, Oh, we expected that. Let's just let's just worry about the other side of the field. Let Joe do what he's doing without an offense. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't understand that. You were a great corner in this league for 12 years. And the bulk of your years were in Cleveland for what seven years? Yeah. And and in those seven years, man, I can't even remember how many quarterbacks we played with. I can't remember how many defensive coordinators we played with. I can't remember how many. Uh, offensive coordinators, head coaches. So mm-hmm. the fact that you were able to thrive in that environment when you're not scoring 20, 30 points a game, mm-hmm. when we're, you know, people, and I always say this about defensive players who are great defensive players on bad teams. Listen, you're taking probably double amount of snaps than the other best corner is on the best team. Mm-hmm. Just the, you know, the lay of the land. But um, so let's, let's, uh, so let me let me remind the folks. Listen, we got Joe Hayden, twelve year NFL veteran, three time Pro Bowler, All Pro, um, just got inducted into the University of uh, I'm sorry, y'all about to say University of Maryland, <laughs> University of Florida Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, so tell me, what wh- what was that like, man? You just retired, and you get a phone call from the University of Florida. Hey, we want to recognize your your accomplishment, your achievement achievements here at the University of Florida. Man, I'm gonna tell you, this was the craziest part, Quayle. They called me during the off season. Uh, mm-hmm. It was basically during the season, you know what I'm saying? The 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 ceremony and everything. So, man, I was oh over the moon. I'm super excited, you know what I'm saying? All those players I played with: Tim Tebow, Cam Newton, Percy Harvin, the Pounce, uh, Spikes. It's just um, this was a great, great school. I mean, it, I grew up there basically. Um, they taught me the ropes, you know, going to college and having like a lot of those homeboys where the grind, you don't have no money with them. You know what I'm saying? Y'all are all trying to, all trying all right. to, be, all trying to be the best. And uh, I didn't know how good our team really was. You know, you have a bunch of freshmen that can come five stars, four stars and be bust. You have a three star coming there, you know what I'm saying? Start, go to the league and crush it. So um, just on paper, we had a great team, but looking back on it, having like, 15, 16 dudes on your team that's going into the league, you basically have the NFL practice, you know what I'm saying? We didn't even right. know. Right. So um, just being able to be in the hall amongst those dudes and being able to get the respect, you know what I'm saying, from your peers, man, that's just – that's the, that's what I did it for, bro. I did it so – like, just so – anybody couldn't say that Joe was the reason why we lost. Uh, right. Joe changed us. Uh, he was one for the team, you know what I'm saying, like – I just wanted to do my best, be the best player I could, and uh, getting that recognition, bro, it just it feels amazing. Yeah, how did how did your your son uh, is Jet and Joe? Yeah. Yep. 
Yo, yeah. How, what was what was that like? Were they able to, to to really understand? Like, yeah, yeah. Daddy, daddy did his thing. My, I think my three year old, he 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 don't know what's going on yet. Too. <laughs> my six year old man, he did it. We're walking around campus. Everybody keeps trying to take pictures with me. You know what I'm saying? Joe, you the goat. All right, that's cool, man. Dad, what's the goat? Like, oh, man. Tell <laughs> yeah. your dad's great, son. That's, <laughs> that's dope, man. That's dope. Just being able to have him around, man. It, it was so fun. Him and my brothers and my family, you know what I'm saying? Those are just special, special moments, bro. Okay, that, that that's love, man. I, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I didn't have my son until I was done. So... Mm -hmm. When I was back in in Cleveland last year, you know, I was inducted as a Browns legend, and my son, he's almost that, brody. Oh, appreciate it. So he he was able to understand. He was like, oh, because I have a bunch of football memorabilia laying around the house, and he'll put on my helmet. He likes to tackle me and all that, but it was good to actually for him to see other people showing me that respect. It was it was it, it was it was emotional, bro. It was emotional. I'm not gonna lie, it was emotional, mm -hmm. but I, I I appreciated that. So let me back up for a minute before I get too far ahead of myself. I got to go back to the high school days of Joe Hayden. Okay. People got to understand what, what the hell happened. I just I just found this out myself, and I thought I knew everything about you. So first of all, let me lay this out, and I hope I get the facts right. So Joe played quarterback in high school, right? Yeah. Joe, Joe Cool played quarterback in high school. He has over 80, 80 career touchdown passes, over yeah. 7,000 passing yards. And I yeah. think you ranked – and the top five, is it two all, second all time? Second all time. Somebody broke my record like five years ago. That's correct. First of all, that's crazy. So first of all, I, I knew that, I knew you played, but I didn't know it was at that level. And weren't you recruited as a quarterback to go to Florida? I was recruited as a quarterback to go to Florida. I was going to Michigan, Ohio State. Man, that's crazy. That's my, crazy. Dog. My senior year, I threw for 40 touchdowns and ran for 20. Oh Oh my God! Yeah, that's crazy, bro. I thought I was going to be a quarterback. Well, I didn't play corner until I got to Florida. I played safety. I played quarterback and safety. I just played safety because you know, I had good ball skills, but I never played corner a day of my life until I got to Florida. That's why I, I never, I didn't know that until like two days ago, Joe. Yes, that's bro. crazy, bro. I, I, you, you really, you, you kind of kept that on the wraps. You could play, but you didn't really sell it like you should have. I, I would have been talking hella shit about how look, I was a quarterback. I was behind Tebow and Cam, and I knew I was going to get in. So oh, yeah, no. That's right. why I like, look, Joe, if you want to play, you can start as a true freshman. He said, at corner. Yeah. If you don't like it, we'll switch you back to offense. That's a I, hell of a move, bro. Man, I went. I called my dad. My dad was like, son, if you want to make this a profession, there's not too many 5'11 quarterbacks in the NFL. I was mm -hmm. like, man, Pops, you ain't lying. It's so, right. Went and tried it, man. Freshman All American. It was a wrap from there. But right. shout out to Pops for that. Pops definitely So speaking of high school, man, I, I I did some digging, and I didn't realize that you went to Friendly High School here in Maryland area, and um, obviously you was you was crazy successful, crazy good at the quarterback position. And for people who don't know the DMV area, it's a lot of guys. First of all, the area. I can't even say it's known for basketball. They have a lot of great talent come out of here for basketball, but football is right there. Yes. And if you never spent time in this area, it, listen, at one point when we were at the Browns, there was probably six guys from this area that didn't even, I was the only one that, that ended up at University of Maryland. Everyone else that went on to do different things, but there's a lot of talent in this area. I say all that to say, um, so I, I, I went back and looked at, you know, some of the people that attended your high school. I just realized Martin Lawrence, the comedian? Yes. 
went to Friendly High School. Yes, did you yes, know that yes. at the time? When I, you were there? I did. I, that was that's one of our that's one of our we got we, if if you talk about friendly like yeah yeah, yeah Martin friendly we see you got a picture of him in the yearbook. <laughs> that's dope, man. That that's dope. That's dope. So so that's dope. So you get the you get to college. You you make the transition to to um, the cornerback. I mean, you had a hell of you, Joe. You you said earlier you and your brothers always were the best on the team when you played the game mm-hmm. and. Listen, I, I'm looking at some of the stats, man. What you what you did your true freshman year? You were the first freshman to start a game at cornerback. Yeah. Uh, at that time, a true freshman like like that's that's unheard of. Because back then, Florida State and Florida, those are the top dogs. I remember mm-hmm. coming out of uh, high school. Hell, I didn't want to. I was a diehard Florida State fan. They never recruited me. University mm-hmm. of Florida did, but for me, it was just like a fifth year high school. Everybody from my high school went to Florida, not for sports, but academically. Okay. But can you can you talk about what was the biggest jump for you <clears throat> making that transition? And and what 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 kind of what were the advantages of you playing the offensive position and knowing just how to, you know, jump routes and re- really good ball skills. How did that transition or translate to you playing cornerback? Uh I think definitely being quarterback and I had a really good high school quarterback, man. You know, we we were we were throwing the ball. So I knew passing concepts, I knew route concepts. I knew all of that because I really was thinking about being a quarterback. I was really taking the quarterback position seriously. Right. So to um, Florida and start playing, start playing defense. I mean, I ain't gonna lie to you. It's a whole different ball game on that defense side of the ball playing corner trying to cover Percy Harvin. Like I think that Percy was the one that kind of got me right. Uh, Urban mm. always had me. I first switched over to the corner. He would have me just follow Percy all day, one on ones. When we're doing team drills, the Percy lined up. What? I, it's Percy. Hey, he, Percy was that dude, man. What? <laughs> it made it really bad. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. real bad. But it, it was from the point where, like, I just had to start learning the basics. And my coaches, I was really coachable, too. Like, I didn't feel like I knew everything about corner. I knew I was an athlete. I knew I could learn. You know what I'm saying? Right. So the one thing I had to learn first is, Joe, stop looking back. They're not throwing the ball to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yo, yo, I see that. Going through the receiver's hands, making sure like you looking back at the quarterback, he gonna move on you. So just uh, playing the man and basically making like one on ones. What you're not gonna do is catch the ball on me. So I'm gonna play <laughs> you. If you throw your hands up, I'm not looking back at the ball. I'm throwing my through your hands. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. And technically sound as possible at first, and just like just being a smart, listening to all of the coaching tips, and then you know just let my athleticism take over after. Yo, that's crazy. That's crazy, yo. So it, it, for all those that I did, that enjoy this conversation right now, again, we're talking to Joe Hayden, 12-year NFL veteran, three-time Pro Bowler, Pro Bowler, All-Pro, spent time with Cleveland and Pittsburgh. We're talking about his journey and college and all things else. Uh, if you like what you hear, please go subscribe. You can catch a full episode on YouTube, Spotify, or iTunes, or go follow us on IG at Athletes Unplugged. So, Joe, you get to college, and now you're matching up with Percy Harvin. Yes. Percy Harvin is a beast, bro. Like, I, I'm sorry. they. I don't know how that didn't destroy your confidence. Because that, that you know what I'm saying? Like, that that dude is a confidence destroyer, bro. I think you know, that could have messed a lesser mind man up. For sure. <laughs> right, right. So, so you get to college, and it's no secret. Y'all had a stacked team. Well, people didn't know at the time, but 
You talk about that run y'all had with Tim Tebow. You talked about how Cam Newton was there at one point. Mm -hmm. He left, went on mm -hmm. to win a national championship at Auburn. There was the Pouncey brothers. Wait, yeah. not both both Pouncey both, brothers. Both, there. Both. Yeah. Uh, uh, can you talk about just that mob of guys that you had and just did you know at the time y'all was special? Because y'all went on to have careers in the league. That this was this was different. Yeah. I, I'm surprised that there's not a story about that that it's team a, and Urban Meyer and everything that happened. It's a Netflix documentary coming out real soon, Quail. Really? Yeah, it's a Netflix really? documentary out on that 08 National Championship team. Uh, it's going to be nice. They're working. It's been on the works for the last like two years. Oh, that's dope. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. I cannot wait to see that. Everybody will be tuned in for that joint. Oh, that's so, Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you finally, you know, you have a, you have a great career in college. Mm -hmm. uh, you leave at the, you're the seventh pick of the draft to the Cleveland Browns. You know, walk me through that process really quickly before we move on. It's like, did you know you were getting drafted that high or was there another team that you thought you were going to end up? Because listen, you know, Cleveland is a special place. Once you've been there and spent time there, you know, we could talk all day about, you know, playing in a in a sports town like Cleveland. But did you know, did you have any idea like Cleveland was going to be that that team to, to, to finally draft you and and uh you can build your career off of? Going through the going through the draft process, um, it was but let me let's start from the beginning. My literally yeah. I went to the league off rip my freshman year. I just working. I had I, I knew I wanted to have uh league intentions. I wanted to go to the league. That's that was the main goal. But I didn't think of first round draft picks. So after I, I went freshman all American, my second my sophomore year, we won a national championship. Right. That summer, they start putting out those mock drafts. Mm. They had your boy number one corner, number two corner. I'm like, in the nation? <laughs> right, right. This top two, they two quarters gonna go in the first round. So <laughs> right, it was right. I finally after the national championship year, we kind of started seeing like, man, like Joe, you could probably three. You the number one corner coming out after you like going into your junior season. So yeah. long story short, me and Pops had to talk too. This is the <laughs> hey, this before they started changing the contracts. So <laughs> you get that big rookie, that big rookie. Right. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Y'all hit the bag. Y'all hit so the bag. Right like, so. And we get the bag. Okay, yeah, I think it's time for us to slide. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> hey, you ain't roll, bro. You are not roll, bro. And then I just it didn't it didn't change my grind. It just wanted me to make sure that everything that people thought I was, I was. You know, right. I always well, right. I just always wanted to I wanted to prove myself right. And I wanted to prove to people that believed in me right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like I just had, no, nah, I want to prove these dudes wrong. I'm like, no, nah, the people that believe in me, and I believe in myself, I think right. I'm the coldest. So I'm going to work hard. I'm going to try to make sure I'm the coach and just grind this thing out. And, and plus, you had, you had younger brothers that were looking up to you as well. So you oh, wanted to show them, show them the road. Yes. Show them the blueprint of how to get to where you wanted and how to achieve your goals with hard work and, and family support. Yeah, a thousand percent. And I tell you too, bro. You don't give. It's when I got to Cleveland. I say it was you, Joe T, and Sheldon Brown were the three OGs that I could look at and see that y'all were walking around there as grown men. You know what I'm saying? I came in as a 21 year old kid. I had no yeah. kids. I was out there just, you know, what I'm saying, free spirit. Yeah, living, living. But it's different when you walk in there. You got a lot of like grown men that got to take care of families or and or just. You know what I'm saying? Carry themselves a certain way where yeah. no coach, not no G, not no nobody gonna be able to talk to them recklessly. You know what I'm 
they right. get expected a certain way. And that's kind of the way when I saw you, Joe T, or Sheldon, I said, I don't want people to talk to me like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That yeah. high. And y'all display nothing but professionalism. So Appreciate what, that. what are you going to do? So, I mean, I just wanted to let you know that it was you, Sheldon, and Joe T. That when I got there, I was looking at these dudes like, man, I want them to talk like the way they talk to Quail. Much respect, man. Much respect. I appreciate that. And, you know, I, I came into a similar situation, man, because I, listen, I was around Willie McGinnis and Andre Davis. I was around older guys, so I had no choice. Yeah, and yeah. I remember when your your crew came in, you, I think it was B-Mac was the same year. Yeah, B-Mac. Uh, I came up with TJ, too. TJ, TJ, TJ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, y'all brought up some, y'all interjected energy in that locker room, bro. And I used to look down the locker room, I'm like, damn, man, them boys having fun, man. But I'm around all these old heads over here. So I had to, I had to fall in line. I'm thinking I'm being what a linebacker is supposed to be. And I'm seeing y'all having fun and doing this, doing that. I'm like, damn, I want to do that, man. But, you know, Dre and them dudes, they kept me, they kept me close, bro. They kept me close. But, uh, no, nah, it was, it was, uh, it, it was time well, good, uh, time well spent in, in Cleveland. But what, what was the moment in Cleveland when you, you realized, like, First of all, let me let me say this. Let me say this. But people that don't know Joe and think when you see Joe, he's listen. Joe walked into the locker room, walked into the league with swag. This man before social media, before all this hype, before stylists and all this, Joe was doing this shit blindfolded. You hear me? To the point where I don't know if you remember Joe. The first time we met, I met you in Gainesville at a club. I don't know if you remember that or not. It was very brief. I was with an agent of mine who was, he wasn't an agent just yet, but he was working for my agency. Okay. And uh, he had graduated from University of Florida. And one weekend, you know, he was like, hey, man, you want to go down to Gainesville? Blah, blah. I'm like, all right, cool. So yeah. we go down there and we get a section at a club. And I look, I'm like, who is this? Who is this dude in the corner over there, man? Got, he fly as hell. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And he was like, yeah, man, that's Joe Hayden. He potentially, you know, first round draft pick, da, 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 da. We made a, he made a quick little intro and that was it. Like, I didn't know we would end up being here. I didn't know yeah. we would end up being teammates because I was fried. I ain't going to lie. I was fried. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bro, that's what I remember saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's all good. It's all good. But uh, what were we? so, yeah, so back to my point I was trying to make before I got sidetracked. When, when did you know when you made the transition from college to the league Cause I remember you walked in. You were, you had this ugly, ugly ass number. When you number forty, man, they had them. Oh my god! Yeah, they set me up. They set me up, Quill. <laughs> Yo, I'm like, ain't no way. There's no way. There's no way. You out there making plays. You running. Around. I'm like, oh my god, it just don't look right. It's not piecing together. When did when did when did Joe Hayden realize? You know what? I could play in this league because again, like I said earlier, you were on a team. That played a lot of defensive snaps, bro. Mm. You know, I don't know if you know, I don't know if I ever told you, but my agent used to tally up all the defensive snaps and compare it to the rest of the league. Every year, I remember for five years, and you were part of these teams, mm. we were top five in total plays. You know what I mean? As opposed to, and that was the reason for it because we didn't have an offense, we didn't mm. have a, a consistent offense scoring points, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when did you realize, like, yeah, man, I'm pretty good in this league, bro. When was that moment for you? Man, I ain't going to lie to you, Quill. When I first got in there, I mean, like, uh, rookie minicamp, I was kind of balling. But when the OGs came, I didn't – I wasn't as comfortable. I mean, I ain't going to – I was kind of getting beat a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't – wasn't in, in my bag yet. I would say 
I I don't know an, an exact moment um, when it happened. I think it might be honestly when uh when I think it might be when E Wright got hurt and I started starting. Yeah, and I started going in the games and I was starting. Um, yeah. and it wasn't like a downfall. I just kind of felt comfortable. I finally kind of felt like I started getting my feet a little wet. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. I didn't, I didn't feel like I came out shooting off the gates, but by the time after like the sixth, fifth game, I was starting, and then my rookie year, I had six picks. So after that season, and everybody, I was falling into stuff. By the time I get out of this thing, I'm gonna have fifty picks. By the time, <laughs> right? But yeah, yeah. my rookie year when I when I started starting and shit, I ended up getting six picks. Bro, I was like, man, this show is going. Yeah, to it's only gonna get better at that point. Yeah, man. So, so let me ask you this, man. Since, since you know, we, I can't, I don't know how many coordinators we both played for. Like, I don't even try to keep count. Do you remember? Do you have a favorite coordinator in Cleveland during your time that really thought that you thought elevated your game? Because I have an opinion about it. Out of all the coordinators I had and position coaches, there's two guys that I would say, you know what? From a football IQ standpoint from a just a put me in the best position to succeed standpoint, they were off the charts. Who, who is, is, is this, would you say, is this in Cleveland or this in, uh, in Cleveland? Just in Cleveland. Who you got? Who you got? Uh, Ray Horton. Ray Horton. Ray Horton. That's okay. That's all I was thinking. Yeah, it's, it's hard to, to go through the roller that we had so many, bro. But Ray Horton, to me, from my opinion, he he was a smart dude. He was mm-hmm. kind of kind of socially awkward. and. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, he he was coming from Pittsburgh, so he had the credibility. And what he did for me, which I'm probably a little biased about, is he allowed us to, you know, if we had a mass check versus empty, let's say, he would allow me if, if say, Ben Rossenberger, they would always get us in empty sets because they knew we were either playing cover two or quarters. So Mm -hmm. when Ray Orton got there, he was like, okay, if they – shift out of it and go back to the original formation you can go back to the original call most coordinators once you make a check that's it we don't want to we can't get everybody back on the same page he allowed me to do that and kind of you know really show what i do from a mental standpoint and he would let me he would come to me was like hey what do you like to run what do your dbs like to run i was like what yeah so it was he gave me he gave me confidence that you know what I trust that you're watching the game. You know the game. You're putting in the work. I'm going to give you the keys to it. So that's why I'm a little biased. But I respect that a thousand percent because I think that's that's the one thing that I, lo- I learned from Pittsburgh. You know, uh, Coach Tomlin, he would do that with, like, Ryan Shazier. When I first came there with Shazier, mm-hmm. like the same. He knows that we studying your tape. We would go to have se- separate meetings with Coach T during special teams, like 45 minutes, just the corners and the linebacker that's going to be calling the stuff. So right. You talking about some? If you see this, you can check out of this. You can check into this. If you feel comfortable, you got it. You know what I'm saying? Just right. knowing that this is why I would want to call this. This is why we would be doing this, and just having no communication with your middle linebacker, with your guy. Right. You know, right. I trust this dude. He's in the fire, but he's still like relaxed, like this. Oh no, they moving back. Let me get everybody into this. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then we just communicate. So I know exactly what you're talking about with that. I was yeah. saying. Coach though was Aaron Glenn, AG. Ooh, okay, okay. Got my hands, just got me with my press game going crazy. So, uh, Aaron Glenn, man, I respect. Was he in Pittsburgh? Was he in Pittsburgh? Yeah. 
No, AG now. I think AG, he's a, he's with the Lions. He's coaching. The, he's oh, okay, okay, okay. Coordinator for the Lions now. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, man, it's, it's two. Yeah, Ray Horton and Billy Davis, he was my linebacker coach. This dude, man, we used to just chop it up, man. And Yeah, you respect. When I got to Indy, well, yeah, when I got to Indy, man, it was just like that. We would have, on Fridays, I would hold meetings, and then they would let us, Joe, check this out. They would let us, during actual position meeting time, get with the DBs, get with just, just players. It would be the signal callers, the DBs, and we would have a little checklist of, of calls on a Friday. It was like, yeah. hey, let's, let's go through some calls. Let's make sure we're on the same page. And they trusted us to do it, bro. So it was it – was, I realized very quickly when you empower your players and trust that they can go out and get on the same page, you get a better outcome, bro. So that's what I – you know, later in my career, I, I was able to experience. But what, what was it like for you – and listen, we didn't go through all all everything in, in Cleveland, and and we all know we didn't win many games. Mm-hmm. You were a Pro Bowl player on a bad football team, which is hard to do from a defensive back standpoint. You know, um, what was the what was the difference like when you walked into the Pittsburgh Steelers organization? And listen, Cleveland was Cleveland. We get that, but I have an opinion about it. When I walked into the Colts facility. I'm curious to know, like, what was it like walking into a Pittsburgh Steelers locker room organization? Because they've had organizational success for many years. They've they've never had a losing season, hell, in 15 years. This might be the first one. This year, they may have a losing season since Tomlin's been there. What was it like walking into that environment from from a player standpoint? Um, I think uh, it was – they have a lot of players that's been there for a long time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was a bunch of just – it was a bunch of vets – you could tell like the they were kind of old school, you know what I'm saying? Like the vets kind of ran the locker room. You you kind of knew, you know what I'm saying, where they stood. But they had good vets. Cam, the Pouncy twins, dudes that are going to they're the dudes that are the pro bowlers doing their job, handling their business, and they just don't mess around with the, the bull. And right. I would say the other thing that's so crazy, consistency. Coach Tomlin has so much confidence and he's comfortable in his own skin. He know he's not going nowhere. <laughs> right. Keep that relationship. He can talk to you blatantly, blunt, honest. And that's all players want. We want the truth. We want the real. We want to know where we stand. And right. that was huge. His relationship with the GM, there was no, there's no gray. Right. Kevin Colbert, they're on the same page. They right. they're together. They're hanging out. They're figuring it out how to put together the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just that. You gotta perform, you know what I'm saying? It's just no, it's no gray, and it's just the the level of consistency of you knowing what your coach wants from you, what the GM wants from you, what the coordinators want from you, and them empowering. It's like you said too. Like I was running to some of the meetings when I first got there. Though, it was Mike Mitchell. It was uh, what's my man, uh, Ducey. Um, just a, a couple of the OGs there, and we would run the defensive meetings. You know what I'm saying? And like they knew the the vets knew exactly what the coaches want. So they were speaking the same language. But when right. you're hearing the players and y'all are sitting there and keeping each other accountable, watching practice like this, oh, no, 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 you got to be there. And yeah. there's something that I know, that's me. Like, when we did this right. track. Right, And, like, just not never passing blame, the eye right. in the sky, eye, and everybody can sit there as a man and be like, take it and get it. Because, you know what I'm saying, you, you're not trying to make anybody feel bad. 
You just want you just want to get done right. That's right. it. Yeah. Now you you can. I mean, there's a reason why they've been so successful, man. And, and Tomlin hasn't had a losing season mm-hmm. in 16 years. Hopefully that 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 stands. But let me let me change gears for a second to talk about some of the things that uh, I know you've talked about before. But you know, I, I remember years ago in Cleveland, I was over your crib, the condo, and I knew he's a big sneakerhead. I knew you you, you had sneakers, but I didn't know to this level, like, bro, you're a savant when it comes to this sneaker game, bro. Like, what? when did that obsession start? Because you yeah. got a, I mean, I remember walking in that place. You had a room dedicated. Just for shoes. Just for so, shoes. Well, this started for real. For, I started collecting sneakers when I was in the seventh grade. Mm. Um, I had a big passion of the Jordans. And back in Maryland, bro, you know, if you wasn't fly, in middle school, if you ain't coming up with the new Jays, we was looking crazy. So I was trying to be fly to get some chicks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love Jays. I love basketball. Hooping them. Um, but it just became something that, like, just the just the just the Maryland way. I don't know. Just everybody from the crib loves loves shoes, and I was just really, really, really passionate about it. Really into it, and I would always just. Any money I had, I was I was the dude out in front of Foot Locker like five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and my boy's parents dropped us off. That's back in the day when you had to go wait in line for them joints. Like right, right, right. Loved it, loved it. Yeah, and so you got skin in the game. Okay, okay. Think of game has changed big time now. You know what I'm saying? With everybody being a reseller, everybody knowing it was used to be for the shoe. You rocking the shoe. Now everybody want to get the shoe to resell the shoe. You know what I mean? <laughs> got it. So are you are you are you do you play in that game a little bit? I Do used to uh, in Cleveland, uh, the restock that I opened okay. up the store. Um, but then, long story short, blessings, uh, I partnered up um, earlier on in my career with, uh, with Dan Gilbert with StockX. Oh, okay. Our owner in StockX. So that what? kind of fighting against myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dan, uh, That's brilliant, bro. That's brilliant, bro. And they were like, just going to all the games, linking with Dan. His son knew I was in the sneakers big time. So he came to me with the idea of StockX back, back in like 13. What? Yeah, bro. So I've been I had no way. idea, bro. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I didn't keep that door to cut away for it to go public. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just ordered some some J's from uh, Goat and StockX. That's where I order my my kicks from, bro. And I'm not a sneakerhead by any means, but I, you know, I like to keep it. No, you, stay, you stay with the drip on you, though, Quail. You do. No, I try, bro. I, I, I try, man. I try, but not, nothing like you, though. Nothing you like you. Bro. Got the big time gentleman swag, Quail. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. So, so okay. Let me ask you. Since we're talking about shoes, do you have a pair in your collection that it was hard to find? Do you have a do you what do you have a favorite pair of kicks in your collection that you know what I wear them, but I really want to collect them more than just wear them. I probably got two. I got uh the Marty McFlies. The, okay. Um, okay. McFly's. Yeah, those are I probably, I've only worn those one time too. Like, Wait, are those the those the the, the tall, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Those ones and then uh just a recent pair that I got, uh the Dior ones, the Jordan mm. Dior ones. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I saw them joints. I saw them joints on uh GOAT recently. Yeah, I was like, Yeah, I, I ain't a sneakerhead. If I buy them joints, I'm reselling them, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reselling them joints. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, man, you always been up on fashion, bro. I, I know the, the shoe's been a part of your your whole swag, and uh, I'm, I'm slowly sliding into it, man, on my end. But um, so let me ask you this, because you stay with the drip on. Do you have a favorite piece of jewelry? 
Oh yeah, man. Like when you put it on, you know it's like, yeah, I'm I'm stunting on them. I'm stunting on them tonight. Ooh-wee. I got me a Richard Melly 1103. Mm, oh mm, my that thing stank, man. Yeah, nah. that thing right there, that thing right there. That's that that's that thing right there. <laughs> Hey, only you, man. Only you, bro. I love it, bro. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. So, um, so let me ask you this about the family. You know, your boys. You know, you got a six-year-old. You got a three-year-old. Are they in the sports at all? Do you get that vibe? Man, I I get my my six-year-old. I got him. He's big because you know I just started golfing big time. So okay. Okay. I, I want to get him in it as early as possible because I only. I, I would have started golf earlier. You know what I'm saying? It's so many Man. beautiful golf courses, so many different like, business deals to get done on the golf course. It's a lot, a lot of good people that you can meet out there. So I'm right. getting him that early, and he's really into basketball. He ain't doing football too much. My right. old is going to be a beast. This <laughs> dude is football, football, 20 yeah. yeah, and, like, that's the thing I love about it, too. I want to get him the options every different sport. Or you don't yeah. got to play sports, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you want to be? You know what I'm saying? Just really just give them options. Like, because you can do what you want to do, kids. The world right. is your, just be good kids. Try your hardest. I want to be on what my dad did. I want a kid to be a kid. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And, and you provided that for him through your hard work and you and Sarah's love, man. Uh, let me let me, let me me go down this route for a second. Um, so before I ask that, I, I, I just definitely got to, if you like what you've heard so far, please go subscribe. Hit the like button. You can catch a full episode on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and go follow my man Joe at Joe Hayden on on social media, on Instagram. Now, back to the point I was trying to get to. Now that you have time at the house and we talked about retirement, I don't know if you realize this, but you probably haven't spent more than six months at your house where you are right now. Like that's gonna be a new normal. You being in the house right now doing football season, you probably don't know what the hell to do half the time. Well, you're hilarious. <laughs> because literally, bro, what you don't understand is now I'm making my house a home. I yeah. had it in 2016 out in LA. So me and my wife, we've been every off season, we get to come out here, then go, you know what I'm saying? Come out here. So we never been able to really like put up put up paintings, put up pictures of us. Like, right, it's right. family, because at the same time, too, I was renting this joint out six months when I was out of town. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I, I ain't had this fat house sitting out here and not making money. <laughs> right. like this. So right. now, first couple of times, we'll be really in this thing for a whole year. So me and Seth, we just literally, like, deep cleaning, putting our stuff, like, just, you know what I'm saying, organizing yeah. our Bro, like yeah. and it, it, it's it's crazy because yeah, people don't understand that man. Like you played a long time and you got to move the family back and forth, and you finally get to listen. The money's good, the, the celebrity is good, all that is great, mm-hmm. but you really never feel like you're home, you know. And now you get to feel like you're home. Let me ask you this: Is there anything that you wanted to do that you couldn't do while you were playing? Because I I got something that I want to invite you to. Um, Have you thought about it yet, or is it too early? Only thing I was trying to do, really, bro, I had, I had like, I want to go, I want to go to like Bell and Aspen. I want to try to do some listen, skin. Listen, I was just that was you read my mind, bro. That's you what read my mind. That was the first thing I did when I retired. And Joe, let me be honest with you, I don't know if you want to ski or snowboard. Which one is easier? <laughs> Skiing is, is easier. Okay. Snowboarding, it take a little bit more time to learn it, but once you get it, you take off. Good. Like I got my whole, I got my board, I got my ski gear, I got everything. Okay. So, 
the first year I tried it, I was with uh, Eric Barton. I don't know if you. Oh know. yeah. EB. Oh yeah. Okay. He played with us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, I get it all mixed up sometimes. Yeah. So me and him, we go to Lake Tahoe, and at the time, it's not much snow on the ground. It's like powder. They just okay. it's artificial snow. So I get a lesson. Joe, we were out there for like a week and a half. Joe, I can only snowboard one day, bro. I bruised my tailbone because I fell so many times. Bro, I spent all this money. I was hot. So as a you know, a competitor, I was like, okay, I got to go back. Yeah. Go back next year, get some lessons. And now, hell, I can do a black diamond, double black diamond. Like, it's a lot of, bro, I'm telling you, the, listen, because you like to dress up, like the, the operate, the like winter chic, oh. bro, it's a, it's a damn good time. Like, bro, we we gotta we gotta connect, bro. Cause I listen. I we we've been to Aspen for Christmas and New Year's the last two years, and my son started uh, skiing. You can start Ooh. skiing at three. You can put him in ski school. It's from eight thirty to three thirty, so you can go do. Yeah, it, bro. I went to Vail. I took the family to Vail and did in ski school the whole time. And me and Sarah were just walking around. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> right, right. I pick up the kids, and they had a blast the whole day. I'm mm -hmm. like, when I get when, when I retired, that was my that was one of my that was on my top of my list. I'm like, because a lot of my friends, everybody going skiing, veiling. I'm like, man, I'm trying to go. And the food is good. Have y'all been to ask me yet? Yes. I'm, oh, bro, yeah, yeah, yeah. All you of these spots. I've been to these spots without skiing. I know. Like, I know. Just going there, eating and shopping. Bro, you gotta <laughs> right. You gotta. It's a whole different vibe when you're on that ski slope, bro. Cause you know, I went with. I usually go with. Uh, I'll take the family myself. I go with some friends and then Bonte. You know, they 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 we're actually going in early December, and uh, in Aspen, I believe. And so, you know, you get, hit me up. Hit me up offline about this one, bro. Cause I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, and, and oh yeah, I'm, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, right. You got time, exactly, bro. Exactly. It's a whole different vibe, man. I. I love it, bro. I'm glad that you happy, you feeling good, the family's good, and you're slowly, uh, you know, making your house a home. But let me let me let me change gears for a little bit and and, and talk about something a little bit more serious. Okay. You know, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a lot of guys that when they finish, they go through this dark space. You know, they they start waking up and 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 thinking about all the things they didn't accomplish from a career standpoint, and that's when things take a turn for the worse. And my kind of, you know, advice to you is at some point I would get a therapist. I don't know if you talk, talk to one or not, but mm -hmm. talking to a therapist, a third party, just to talk about, even if you don't think you need anything, just go talk and just unload some stuff. Because mm -hmm. as this started to unfold, after a year goes by, listen, this is what happened to me. I'm not saying it's going to happen to you. After a year went by, the retirement, I started waking up. I'm like, man, what the? What am I gonna do today? You know, mm -hmm. let me do something different. Let me have a sense of purpose because we come from an environment where we got instant, instant gratification right then. Yeah, whether yeah. we got graded in practice, whether we got graded in, in in games, and when you remove that away from you, you know, it's like, damn, like what, what the, what, what's next? So mm -hmm. that's my only, only advice, man. Like, if, if it come to that, feel free to reach out to me, reach out to your network of guys, because you know, once you're on the other side, man. You know, it gets real. Some of the strongest people I know have had issues. So mm -hmm. I would, you know, just just, you know, keep in touch with folks as much as you can. You just never know. You just never know. That's my only advice I, I got for you, man. But I, 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 I
I know I'm gonna have to do some. I'm figuring out my. I know my my next lane. I'm kind of wanting to do some commentating, so I'm kind of trying to yeah. dabble it. Um, but but like I said, that that sense of that sense of purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I got the family, the kids. I'm gonna do some golfing or whatever. But like, it's a lot of. It's like having that, knowing what you're about to do. That I mean, it, it, it's been um not comforting, but it's been like it's felt safe. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Hey, you know, you know, you waking up, you know, you got that paycheck coming in from the sport that you love. You know what I'm saying? So it's not really work as much, but you know what I'm saying? Right. You're holding it down for the fam. So um, I appreciate that, bro. Definitely. Because I know for sure, like feeling, I feel, I feel, I feel good. I feel solid. I'm, I'm happy sure. fam and everything. But like at the same time. You've always been a positive dude, man. Like, yeah. I've always been a positive dude. Trying to, man. Trying to. I know what I'm gonna be having some. I'm gonna be out there skiing with you. We're gonna have a blast. Oh, we're gonna have a blast, bro. I, I tell you, I go, I go probably I try to get at least like 20 days in, bro. Mm -hmm. Like when we go in December, wifey's gonna come back and then I'm gonna stay a couple extra days. Like I love to snowboard, bro. Yeah. Love it. It's nothing for me to put on a book bag, be with a crew, find a little tree. Set up, bring out a bottle of wine or something, drink, and oh, just sure. take it all in on the slope. Yeah. You know what I mean, it, it's cool, man. Yeah. It, it's cool. But um, yeah, man. I, I listen. I, I appreciate you spending the time. I know you gotta listen. I, I know you're trying to still figure it all out. Mm -hmm. uh, tell Sarah I said hello, man. And, and if I make it out to uh, to LA, I'm definitely gonna hit you up, bro. Cause now you got time. Now you got time. We gotta go get some food. We gotta do this wine tasting. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. hit me up, bro. Hit me I, up. I got wine everywhere. I, I got some spots for you back here. If you ever okay. come in town, but I, I got you. I got you, bro. So, Joe, man, I, I thank you for your time and perspective. Again, if you enjoyed what you heard, um, go hit the like, like and subscribe to Athletes Unplugged, where you can catch the full episode on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes, and go follow us on IG at Athletes Unplugged. And give Joe a shout out. Go follow Joe as always at Joe Hayden. Again, Joe, I appreciate it, bro. Much Man. love over here. Thank you, bro. Love you. Bro.